Hello, uh, I'm Heath. I'm Luke. And I'm Jake. And we are Barking Bolters. Uh, we're a collection of guys who have a long history in Warhammer. Or a long history. A history in Warhammer. Yeah. Mine's long because I'm old. But, a mixed uh, history. A mixed history. Unique, diverse bag. And we're, uh, we're here just to talk about the, uh, the, the lore and stuff. And like the characters in it and the gear in it. And just all the cool nitty gritty of it. Because it's something we all really enjoy. Mm-hmm. We're hoping to be your go-to to learning everything 40 slash 30k as long as you like really long tangents and getting uh add crazy perspectives on little things that's uh what we excel at really yeah. super genuine though yeah. super genuine yeah uh my what i bring to the table is uh i've read the horace heresy in you know completely maybe couple other series as well war of the beasts god's ghost yada 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 but uh basically just 30k lore um uh how my smooth brain works is i have to read read everything chronologically so and uh yeah so he's kind of late to the party mostly that's what we're getting at yeah i love the emperor (laughs) okay (laughs) nice i'm heath and i love the emperor (laughs) and i'm proud uh i'm luke in the I don't love the Emperor. Uh, the Corpse Throne is kind of uh, a shit bag. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> no, I mostly just focus on the Xeno stuff and some of the Chaos stuff, and I'm pretty new to the hobby, so I'm still catching up to everything. But, yeah. And uh, I have a long history, starting having a certain playing tabletop in 2007, approximately, jumping in on, I think, the tail end of 4th into 5th edition, um, so pretty early start in the can in the game and in the lore. Um, and like back when I started playing, like the Horus Heresy as a series, like didn't exist. It was like a historical footnote that you'd find inside of like old codexes and stuff. Um, and I've stayed pretty active throughout the the years in the the Warhammer hobby as a whole. Um, too many Space Marines, too many Chaos Space Marines, and like pile piles of Necrons at this point. Um, but yeah, I try to bring. Kind of like a background knowledge and extensive knowledge that I have accumulated over the years as I am ought to do as some sort of like word goblin, but <laughs> it's what I do with my time. And together, we're here to go hopefully talk about this uh, exciting, cool, vast universe that we all really enjoy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So today, uh, we're doing a little, bit of, a little bit of a book review. Our good friend Heath has uh, put together a lot of bullet points. We're going to be talking about the first book in the Horus Heresy, Horus Rising. Describe this this segment you're doing for us today. So, yeah, what are we doing here, Heath? Um, well, I had a, a little thing going, but uh, this interesting We screwed it all better. up for yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, nice, um, perfect. That's, this that's what I was aiming for here. series is actually... Uh, I'm thinking it's going to be called the uh, Ogren's Guide to the Heresy. What's an Ogren, Heath? Ogren is a big dummy. They're sweethearts. Oh. They're sweethearts. <laughs> nice. They're, they're like, you know, everybody loves them. Commissars love them. Commissars um, love these guys. But they are simple. And uh, I feel like, like... simple Jack kind of simple? Or? <laughs> essentially. You know. <laughs> I hear that goes over really yeah, well in Vietnam. Simple Jack. Um, but yeah, I, I feel like the 40K universe, and especially the Horse Heresy, is just like beyond the level of complexity of uh game of thrones Mm, mm -hmm. and uh i know the books overwhelm me with like the just god-awful amount of characters at the beginning of it it's just it's so much to keep track of yeah back and forth back and forth 
Yeah, it is a, it's a deep and complex, uh, like, historical fiction universe that's got more history than, like, most other equivalent sci-fis. Mm-hmm. I mean, there are some really good ones out there, but over the years, Warhammer, especially the Horus Heresy, has grown so much. It's become this, like, vast and extremely interesting thing that I'm, you know, we're all yeah. here for. That's yeah. why we're here. You thought Star Trek or Star Wars was bad? Yeah. Think again, bucko. Think again! And of course, um, Black Library, like, how they wrote it, it makes no sense. They went from, like, what's it? Warhammer's been around, like, 30, 40 years or something like that. Yeah. yeah they started, like, at 40K, and then they, like, well, they started backwards. Yeah, at 40K yeah. with, like, Rogue Trader, yeah. and yeah. then there was, like... Which is kind of, like, that's, like, 40K proper, right, when we're, like... In the current story, we're in like yeah, the 40K 40 takes, second millennium. Yeah, 40K happens. Like, Old Rogue Trader was like M40, like M40. 40, right. like, Which means millennium. Wait, oh, does that yeah, mean 39K? Or it would have been like M41. It would have been 30, uh, 39 into 40 okay, was like gotcha. Rogue Trader. Gotcha. Um, but like, Rogue Traders have been around since the Heresy, which mm-hmm. is uh, the 30th millennium, and then all the way up till now. Mm-hmm. Um, and then. Obviously, it grew from there, including things like Chaos Space Marines, Xenos, uh, Heretics, Demons, all of that. And, uh, yeah, it's very, very interesting history. Yeah. Yeah. But, but back to it. They they started at, you know, 40K, bounced back to 30K to, like, this is how it started. And yeah. then while they were writing those, they went, like, you know, beyond 40K. Yeah. And then started writing, like, the Siege of Terra while they're still leading up to it. It's... Just kind of a cluster. It's very, con- it's very, yeah, interwoven. Mm-hmm. Everything's being written all at once, which is, uh, for me, with my, you know, smooth brain, I had to read from the <laughs> beginning to now just to make things make sense. And uh, thankfully, with my job, I have a lot of free time to listen. Oh, you're not supposed to say that. About that. Yeah, I mean, I'm working, but I'm also like, you know, by myself. Oh yeah, listen. We promised Heath is working his hardest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's He's like a- I have to listen to something besides the voices in my head. Uh, this is true. too many. Yeah, we all listen, and we all all the voices like it. Um, and they all sit together in a circle. And we listen as we work, and it's a good time. The warp has interesting influences in Heath's body. It's kind of like a you know a symbiotic relationship yeah. going on here. Yeah. Probably. Most of my warp energy demons? comes out with body hair. Yeah, what kind of demons you got there? It seems probably Nurgle, right? You're kind of disgusting human being piece of shit. <laughs> That's kind um, of large. I think, I think Nurgle is kind of trying to make its way with how gross uh-huh. like the job sites are sometimes. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, I do construction, by the way. And uh, Nurgle should be we a porta potty company. He, he said it, now he's doing it. Yeah. Um, yeah, because they're gonna think like my job. Like, what does he do? <laughs> that's so disgusting. <laughs> Shit and porta potty. <laughs> yeah, that's my that's job. You're a porta potty shit tester. Yeah, yeah, you ever go to the fair and you're just like, what's wrong with this porta potty? That was Heath's job. He made yeah. it that way. I stamp it's it every time point. I leave. <laughs> the big seal of approval. Yeah. yeah I, I just imagine you running like a Yelp review site. I thought about that. In their locations. I thought about that. Having like, I, a, why uh, have you thought about that? Because I was like. Uh, Thinking about like, we always looking for some place to go to the bathroom. Uh-huh. Maybe like have like an app or something that like rates things. Like this is ten shits out of ten or something like mm-hmm. that. I could see. I, yeah. Okay, I could see you use. Or like for you sure. go to a gas station. Like don't go in there. Like never with paper and whatnot. Can you see where I've highlighted? Yeah, I think you should start from there now. Not Hell to like yeah. segue out of the toilet paper talk, but go ahead and start from there <laughs> yeah. and like kind of give us like 
a little bit of the synopsis of what we're going to yeah. talk about. Yeah. Um, like I said, the Ogren's Guide to the Heresy. Uh, this series will be something of a book review slash, or slash supplemental reading resource. Um, in a thought that you might be reading this yourself, or maybe like you know you're trying to summarize the um, um, the books that you haven't read to the ones that you have. Yeah. Or maybe like you're, if you don't have time to catch up or whatever, you yeah. just want to get the cliff notes. Yeah. Kind of thing. Yeah. Because not everybody's you know blessed with the amount of you know time to listen yeah. as i am hour and a half podcast versus like 17 hour slog fest of yeah i'm putting book, down a good book but putting like, down a book every other day yeah, kind of thing that's impressive yeah it's a little costly but uh <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a lot of money um but yeah um trying to help people out because i want to talk about all this stuff and like you know this is yeah. a perfect opportunity um we're gonna try to pinpoint all the key events of the books and elaborate on them um we might bring up stuff that's not so important just to kind of like keep the flow going but you know we won't make you remember that uh we'll touch on most characters that are relevant to future books too because in the just like you know game of thrones or something in the 40k universe like nine times nine times out of ten characters aren't going to make it to the next book everything dies it's grimdark um, yep, that's a, a, a stalwart theme yeah. for sure. If you fall in love with a character, it's going to hurt. <laughs> Enjoy the time you have with them and remember the fond memories. <laughs> Just don't read ahead or something. Um, my opinion, I I love most of these books. Um, there are books that are a little more exciting than others, but like... Yeah, I, I, what did you say about Salamanders? Nothing. <laughs> you like the Salamanders are cool, um, but there's a lot of... You know, a lot of books about them, and they're fucking, <laughs> yeah, I don't want to say any spoilers, but sometimes they get a little old. Um, but regardless, the books are cool, but there's a lot of, a lot of shit, like we said. There's, you know, what, 20 mm-hmm. legions, and each one of the legions has, like, or, yeah, 20, 20 legions? I thought 20. that was heresy. Yeah. Um, there's all these legions, tons of planets. Tons of ships, all got different names, and every ship's got crewmen that they want to give you all the you know names in the, the front of the book. Of yeah. All yeah, yeah, Black like, Library is not good at not yeah. naming. Like, who was the guy that ran the Vox or the radio? Who gives like, a shit? Who cares? <laughs> like this guy, like you know, handed a fucking slip of paper to Horace one time. I, Let's list him. Yeah, I feel like. 40k books are really good, and some of this is like kind of fun as like a slice of life kind of thing. But mm-hmm. they're really good at wasting your time going like. Okay, the admiral commander guy is super important, telling this group to do this one thing, and it pops into the brain of one of those people for a second before they die thirty seconds later, and goes through their entire life story. Yeah. You're like, this is interesting, but also has no meaning for the plot whatsoever. Yeah. It's like oh, Black Library is like, hey Dan, you got to put eight hundred pages in there. And yeah. like, oh, and fuck. <laughs> Danny's just like, easy nerd, knows <laughs> that shit up. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's not the only one who does it. There's some no, other authors who like all, all of them. Uh, do it. Aaron Dembski Bowden. He actually does it. he does it a lot, but I always find it to be like it gives you just enough to humanize I, and empathize. I, I do like it when he does it. Yeah, because uh, I was reading. I'm not going to be able to say it right, but the uh, the Space Shark novel. I'm still reading it because I'm slow and I don't give myself any time. But there's like the bit where like they're on the bridge that like like pitiful poor poor sad so feel many feelings for these boys they're on a penal ship heading out and night lords attack them oh, and uh if you know anything oh. about night lords you know this goes really well it's like a party it's a good time everyone yeah. has fun 
Um, no, everyone. Yeah, like everyone those, dies yeah. screaming horribly, and dudes yeah. are like dropping out of the raptor, Flayed rafters. Fat, flash, you know, it's a good time. Crucifixions, like, all that fun stuff. You get into the head of one of like the bridge officers, and you're just like they're trying to get like their little Vox servitor to do things right. And like they hear like a squeak behind them, and they turn around. It's like a night lord, and he's just like gasp, and like, but like before that, you're like in his head, and, like what he's thinking about, and like, you know, like the, where he thinks he's going to be going, what he's going to be doing. Is it a cat? One of the cats. Yeah, sorry. That's kind of funny. Tell us to shut up. Yeah, like, shut, shut up. Sleep. I'm taking a nap. But no, um, no, it's just uh, I think the authors do it pretty tastefully. I do recall in the like Eisenhorn and Ravnor omnibuses though, Dan Abnett was just like. <laughs> Let's give everyone a name, a last name, a nickname, a title, and an occupation, and I'm going to use all of these little bits interchangeably. That's mm-hmm. rough. And then you're going to learn they have a nickname as well inside the yeah. book, and I'm like, dear Lord, Dan, take it easy on me. I <laughs> yeah. can't keep, I had to get like a slide, like a note card yeah. with people's yeah. names as I'm reading, I like cross-reference oh. so I would know what they were doing. That's what the good part about I, like audibles are, is like, you know, they try their best uh, to do a different voice for each character. Yeah. So it, like, it helps so much. That's so helpful yeah, for me. So good. That's true. Uh, and you don't have to worry about them saying like, "This guy said, this guy said," because like you know you don't have to put that in yeah. there if you can clearly hear that it's the mechanical guy talking. Or yeah. Whatnot. The my favorite part so far about the Night Lord's omnibus is when it switches over to like a victim's point of view because it yeah. it turns it from like, "Oh, I love these guys; they're the protagonists and stuff," and then you're like, "Oh." This is a horror story told from the monster's perspective. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's yeah. fucked. Um, just a disclaimer, we I still highly recommend reading these books, even if, like... Definitely. You yeah. Know. If you have the time and the availability, all of these worth novels reading. are 100% worth mm-hmm. reading, and they're worth your time. Yeah. And, of course, uh, since we are nothing but flesh and we are flawed, uh, I imagine we're going to miss some things. Yeah. We're gonna try not to, but we will. You know, yeah, I <laughs> I listen to each one of these books twice, and I uh, try my best to get everything of importance. But again, like smooth brain, <laughs> I try my best. All right, uh, the book starts like every Warhammer book. Well, what book is this? Horus Rising, as mentioned earlier, uh, the first in the Horus Heresy series. Um, <clears throat> opening quote. Uh, I was there when Horus slew the Emperor, uh, which is cryptic as fuck, and also, you know, super foreshadowy. Um, I found another good quote, too. Uh, the difference between gods and demons largely depends on where one is standing at the time mm. by Primarch Logar. He's, um, he's one to talk, I guess. Yeah. Do we, uh, do we have an indication? We had talked about this a little bit earlier, about... Who this? Who says the first quote? Oh yeah, um, it doesn't say in the book, but it is Garviel Loken, um, a command or not a commander. Uh, yeah, he's part of the Lunar Wolves. If we could take a second right there, I'm gonna go. Bert's having a nightmare. I think. Oh God. Uh, where were we? Um, second quote with Logar. Um, yeah, just simple enough. Um, most of these quotes are like shit that we know from nowadays, but you know, more old English and fancy. Um, but yeah, what you see as a god, someone else sees as a demon kind of mm-hmm. thing, you know, it's all dependent on where you're standing on. 
really trying to emphasize uh, right and wrong is often extremely subjective yeah. in the universe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. In Warhammer, yeah. I mean, true all over, but like double true in Warhammer. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. There are no good guys. Debatable. Um, okay, well. <laughs> uh, then it moves on to the first actual story bit in the book, uh, where it introduces Loken uh, which is Garviel Loken, captain of the 10th Company of Luna Wolves, which will be our main legion. And uh, What's a legion? A legion is a grouping of um, space marines that uh, fall under a specific primarch or leader. On average, how many space marines are in a legion, so we don't confuse people with like Roman numbers? I don't know, Jake, how many, since you have huh. that in your brain. So the average legion is approximately uh, 50,000 marines. This is non-standard uh, across. It's like the average. Mm-hmm. Like the ultramarines have over 250,000 mm-hmm. marines in their legion because they're huge. Uh, some legions, like for instance the uh, Iron Hands and, nope, I lied, uh, Raven Guard. I don't know where I was going with that. Raven Guard have a small amount. Uh, World Eaters would have a small amount. Like smaller, like twenty to 30,000 rather than the fifty. A lot of them averaged out around 70 to 80. I know, like, the uh, word bearers were in the 80,000 range at the start. Um, um, some legions would recruit better than others and have more guys on hand. Other legions would be stuck in, like, doing big grind work. So that does actually include the Iron Warriors. With the, they had, although they stay, stayed pretty consistent at 60,000, which is mm-hmm. con- impressive considering uh, Daddy's issues. <laughs> um, the other part of that that goes into that is, like, for the recruitment side of things, is like mm-hmm. the health of their gene seed, right? Yeah, yeah. How, warriors had a really stable gene yeah, seed. Yeah, because like the space marines in general are indoctrinated and physically changed through a ton of processes, but like depending on their gene seed, which comes from their primarch, like it can be yeah, not just, a good process. Look at the emperor's like, children. Your <laughs> success rate well, could be like 10%. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say like more so than the emperor's children, like Thousand Sons, Space mm-hmm. Wolves. Like, there's a couple where it gets like, yeah. I mean, Ooh. Blood Angels are... <laughs> well, actually, uh, at first it was pretty okay. They did have some issues with it. But definitely mm. uh, after the events of the Heresy, uh, the Dark Angel, or Blood Angels, rather, their, uh, their gene seed got extra flavorful, we'll mm-hmm. say. And now they have lots of fun problems in the modern era. Air quotes, modern era of M41999. Are you horse? Huh? Are you horse? Uh, are you? <laughs> Murder! Yeah, yeah. They anyway, they're a little schizo, and they never really like get over the fact that they see visions of the death of their primarch, and that they constantly thirst for the blood of human life. And you know, just casual good guy vampires. Yeah, right? casual good guy stuff. <laughs> <laughs> it's like that that joke where like the the news reporter is asking like the blood angel like, "How did you win the day, mighty space marine?" And he like looks off in the distance, and it shows him like eating a towel alive, and it slaps back to him. He goes, "The Codex Astarte." <laughs> <It's like, laughs> yeah, that was fine. Definitely um, chill. Fine. Uh, but yeah, it's uh, book introduces Loken and Tarek. Um, Loken being, like I said, tenth company. Luna Wolf's are the sixteenth Legion of Astartes, uh, usually white armor, wolf over moon symbol, um, and Tarek. Torgadon, Captain of the Second Company, <laughs> Luna Wolves. Uh, these yeah, names will be butchered. Uh, if there's, there's normally like ten companies in a legion, right? Yeah, um, you know, in order from first to tenth in importance. I mean, I mean, yeah. there might be more. There depending. are. There are definitely. There's of course exceptions. We know the Ultramarines had uh, at one point twenty five companies. Yeah, which is 
a lot, to say the least. Uh, you know what? I think the Ultramarines might have had more guys at one point. Mm. They're big boys. Uh, but yeah, Torgadden's, uh he's a pretty silly guy. Always a joker, lighthearted, which is odd for an Astartes, you know, being that like they're just macho fucking murderers. Hypno indoctrinated. Yeah, have a guy that actually jokes around. Genetically engineered to be loyal. Yeah. You'd think, yeah, to be have a guy who's jovial and bombastic is uh, unique. Mm-hmm. And they're just, Loken and Tarkin are kind of like, Loken's telling the stories of uh, the recent battle that he had and uh, going over the loss of life because they killed a lot of regular humans, um, which they seem to kind of have like a negative vibe about, which is, again, odd for an Astartes. Mm-hmm. But they're like, yeah, they don't usually kind of regret it. They're like, hey, man, we did a lot of kind of messed up shit. But that's how Loken is seen as like an exception mm-hmm. from the typical space mm-hmm. marine. Okay. Um, the War Master titles introduced uh, briefly um, that Horus has. What does uh, that mean? It means, uh, I think it introduces it further along in the book okay. as well. Gotcha. Um, it introduces uh, the Emperor briefly, uh, which is the king of all mankind. Uh, basically, the, uh, the Emperor of all mankind, mm-hmm. as it would be. Yeah. President, whatever you want to call it. Uh, <laughs> he has a title. It's yeah. Emperor. <laughs> For the people that don't know. just He's in charge, and he's fantastic. Um, <laughs> well. <laughs> uh, but it went into like his method of universe control of like illuminating yeah yeah and like the crusades and stuff and like to abolish the superstition and the yeah. the uh the primitive belief systems of mm-hmm. a lot of these worlds and to replace it with the, the wisdom and the knowledge of like the imperial truth yeah of scientific Hell advancement yeah. the abolishment of like i said these like spiritual and like um describe the emperor often like uh, primordial hedonistic belief systems. Mm-hmm. Really, he was crusading partially against, like, to unite. Firstly, to unite humanity, but secondly, to try to abolish like these um, these cultural religions that would often secret secret be like playing into the powers of chaos and like the demons and the gods that dwelled on the other side of the immaterium. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> not to like get out of hand, but yeah, yeah. It introduces all that because, like, you know. This book starts with they're uh, trying to take care of some bad humies. Yeah. Because, like, they're trying to find all the humans that escaped. Uh, didn't really escape, I guess. They left Earth so, for well, during the, night. Well, uh, the great colonization yeah. efforts, there's, like, a lot to unpack there. But, like, humans are spread across the galaxy and haven't had contact with Earth for or Terra for, what, like, four or five, six thousand years. It's and been it, a while. It's been a bit at of time. At least, yeah. At least, and they've all, like, uh, a lot of these cultures have developed into very unique uh, cultures compared to that on Terra. And, like, sometimes when the Emperor's uh, heralds come knocking, they're like, hey, you want to join the, the cool team? They go, no, thanks, I'll pass. And they're like, are you really sure? And they'll be like, yeah, I'm sure. And like, what if we had to fight you? And they're like, let's fight. And he's like, oh, now we're fighting. Mm, have you seen our guys? Yeah. No, why? Yeah, the Imperium's not good at taking no for an answer in general. <laughs> Just one drink. Um, But yeah, it goes over that. Warmaster is just Horus' title again uh, since Emperor went back to Terra, but we'll get into that later. Uh, They send an equerry um, to false Terra, um, which is like, you know, Horus' number one guy sends down there to make, you know, contact and be like, hey, we bring the light of the Emperor, like, join us. Mm -hmm. Nice guy. And he sends Sejanus, who is like Horus's 
you know, love child. Looks just like Horace because Horace loves himself. Seginus. That's not yeah. how to pronounce that if I was just reading it. <laughs> how would you say it? Seginus. 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 <laughs> Gee, it's Seginus. Oh, uh, full name is Haster Seginus. Seginus. Oh my gosh, his name um, He's is... the fourth company captain, favorite of Horace. Um, favorite? Nice. Mm-hmm. Good for him. It was good for him for what, a little bit. What is False Terra? Um, uh, it's where never, is False Terra? I've never heard of it. How is False Terra? No, <laughs> legit though. I don't when, actually know what that is. I don't know. What um, location? I don't know. Um, <laughs> somewhere in the universe. Um, in the galaxy. So like, this, way. this whole planet, like legit, like this guy names himself like Emperor of Terra. Like he, so he knows everything about like the Imperium and just like he doesn't know about wrong. the Imperium too much because like they just found him. But the um. Well, how is he calling himself, like... I don't know. This dude legit... It, we'll go into it, but, like, it is... After rereading everything, because I, you know, to the reader, I've read the Horus Heresy, or listened, I guess, um, which took a bit. Uh, Just a bit. Just yeah. a couple hundred hours. Yeah. A little exhausting sometimes, but... Um, <laughs> yeah, like, rereading it is enlightening, because, like, the amount of foreshadowing and whatnot that they you know, put in the beginning is not so. Um, but yeah, uh, this whole planet, it's like weird for them because like the opening quote says, Horus to the Emperor, which is, you know, again, foreshadowing, but also kind of like goofy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, he sends Sejanus down there um, who, uh, surprise, surprise to the uh, Lunar Wolves is murdered. Um Sad. And then they like, okay, let's try a second time. And he sends uh, Malgahurst, uh, which is also known as the Twisted for his personality-wise. Um, they sent him down is here. Is it because he's a fun, nice guy? No. Uh, this dude doesn't, <laughs> doesn't give a shit about anybody else's uh, opinions of him, which, you know, whatever. Uh, but, yeah, he gets uh, also murdered. Um, so Horace is like, uh, should I send a third? I don't think it would be a hard decision. Uh, fool me once, shame on me. Fool me twice, more shame on me. Um, <laughs> fool me three times, like that's thrice the shame. Um, but Horace wants to be seen as a good guy and not prone to violence. Even though the Warmaster title, like Horace, is very um, aware of like the political game as um, within the legions and whatnot. Um. So that's why he tried twice to let the falsies surrender. Be like, hey, mm-hmm. we're the nice guys. We're not going to come invade you first. We're going to try to, you know, you're humans or human offspring. So we're going to try to bring you back. Um, but yeah, you know, they they didn't. So Horace decided like, hey, uh, now you're getting the fucking sword. And you're introduced to the god machines that are titans. And they're nice. sitting down. Uh, so you have skyscraper robots getting shot down on your planet and you're probably rethinking all your decisions that you just made. Yeah, you know. <laughs> just enough to shit your pants. Yeah, it is. I wish we could throw some photos in here, but like the scale of how big a Titan is yeah, is just absurd. Yeah, what, what's the um, the Jesus statue in Brazil? <laughs> oh, yeah, or I like don't know. The Christ the Savior statue? Mm-hmm. Yeah, big yeah. outstretched arms? That... That's the size of like a warlord titan. A warlord? Yeah. They're 44 meters tall approximately. There's a lot of like, like many things we'll bump into. Uh, The farther away we get from 30k into 40k, consistency and scale is... It means nothing. Fluid? Yeah. (laughs) 
<laughs> there are some people who are out there claiming that a Warlord Titan is 133 meters tall, which is uh, large, yeah. to say the least. Like, un- unbelievably, like, it's pretty big. A 44-meter tall robot would be very large. It's not quite as big as some people might imagine. Like, It's a lot smaller than you think. But it's still, like, for a land vehicle that's bipedal, it's, like, like it's not to, like, crisscross dimensions or anything, but, like... Typically, like, Mecha and other mechs and other universes cap out at, like, 14 meters. Because it's, like, a single pilot. Yeah, it's one man right. piloting it, but, like, a Warlord is 44 meters. So, like, think, like, uh, not to, like, get in trouble, like, the Gundam, the original Gundam or whatever, RX-78, is, like, I think 14 or 15 meters tall. He's mm. a pretty tall boy. It would be approximately three and a half of him standing shoulder on shoulder on shoulder to be the height of a Warlord. We think thinking, like, Pacific Rim kind of... Uh, a little bit bigger actually than Pacific Damn. Rim. The the Jaegers in there are about thirty to thirty five meters. They're huge for for a mecha in a city to be like boxing right. people. That's pretty damn big. But then like a warlord is pretty big. There are bigger titans. There are smaller titans, and there's yeah. all sorts of stuff. Mm-hmm. But like to have a Titanic, a Titan Legion get deployed on your world is yeah, kind of like, right. can you counter a hundred giant robots? It's like if you yeah. can't, you lose. I mean, if you think about it, like the. The main thing that helps me keep the warlords like grounded is like a piloting crew of three, mm-hmm. and then it's like usually like five to ten Adeptus Mechanicus ass yeah. like running throughout the legs and the other stuff, like keeping shit running. Typically, right? mostly in the core, monitoring right. the plasma reactor. But it's have, not. Like, it's not that many people. They have gunners inside. in the knees sometimes. Yeah, <laughs> like sitting on their kneecaps, yeah. shooting you know heavy bolters out and stuff. Which is nuts, because people try to climb up right. stupid. <laughs> yeah. Well, but that's the only way to take them down, yeah. right? Like, like that's... the only uh, classical scale of Titan larger for the Imperium, it's important to denote that, is uh, the Emperor or... Mm-hmm. Uh, Imperitus? Yeah. No, what is it called? Imperator um, or something like that. Yeah, Imperator. I mean, there's one bigger that I think we discussed earlier. Yeah, yeah. but that's like but, contentious as heck. Yeah. Well, uh, there's actually a couple now that have popped up in, thanks to the new Titanicus game, there's the Warmonger class that's bigger than a warlord and uh by a bit it's a very large robot i'm wondering if that's going to be like the halfway point between a warlord and an imperator titan Mm -hmm. mostly because the emperor class titans are like uh people describe them as like walking fortress you see them actually in cover art of a lot of the books they're like they're literally like a castle on the back of a giant stompy robot right and like in the books like tank squadrons will be parked in its legs that, like, drive out off of its, like, toes and stuff. And you're like, what? Like, its legs are, like, like fort towers. Mm-hmm. And it's just, like, this massive, like, the scale of it is kind of disturbing sometimes because you're just like, how big is this? But again, it's, like, it's so hard to grasp because yeah. Warhammer is... And, like, like to, be, to be clear as well, uh, Titans are not the largest thing in Warhammer by even yeah. a little bit. I mean... Mm. Void ships in general are like monster, monolithic, ridiculously huge compared. Yeah. I mean, they're like your smaller void ships are like what a kilometer long. Uh, the small, like a traditional void ship, like a small, like private void ship, sure. would be dozen, like a couple hundred meters. But then, but like a couple hundred meters is still a ton, like, like a modern day aircraft carrier. A couple hundred more than yeah, a hundred meters, like you know, yeah. is a football field essentially. Yeah, for all the people that you know, well, a hundred meters get... is a football. Is that what you said? Yeah. Oh, okay. You know, but like, you know, we are in America and meters are confusing. It can so be. So for the people that, you know. Yards. I mean. <laughs> yeah, it's a football field. 100 meters is a football field. So if you have a couple hundred of them, 
100 meters is like, I always think like when we played football, the track was right next to it. So the 100 meter dash is most of the field. So Yeah. But then like, yeah, so scale and Warhammer just goes up and up and up and up to the point where like some battles happen over a ship that's just like dozens and dozens of like kilometers long. Mm -hmm. And the ship can't physically be like there's too much mass for it to be fit like blown up. So it just becomes this like wreck like basically just a meteorite made of like a dead mm-hmm. ship that just orbits in space mm-hmm. very exciting it is uh um, titan just sent down uh in the lunar wolf's attack rip and the killing machine that is in astartes is introduced and um it kind of goes off what makes him so special which is just an opportunity for the author to uh simp over <laughs> simp over yeah. space marines they're so big and all this kind of stuff their killing power their triple heart or double hearts and all that kind of stuff multiple lungs yeah. like multiple like lungs, three lungs yeah. two hearts extra kidneys powerful liver yeah. brain augmentations spitting acid. acid which i which why i say hilarious like, you should read or and or listen because like no matter how we describe we're never going to be as good as yeah as like the professional yeah. authors dan's they're, getting paid to do this so genetic perfection mm-hmm. and as far as war machines in a biological well, sense as far as humans can get i don't is. know if i'd call them perfection i would definitely call them like they're definitely like they've been frankenstein to be really good at murder the next yeah, step sure. <laughs> i um, think that's a fun thing cause there's only so many other sci-fi franchises even touch in on like the the cranked amount of like tech that goes into one space rain, one Warhammer forty K Adeptus Astartes is like it's very impressive and mm-hmm. like really like on the infantry game, very, 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 very few other sci fi franchises even get close. Yep. I always describe them as like if Gears of War made it into space. Like, because just like the level of brutality in Gears games and stuff, oh, yeah. and like how grim, darky, and well, I think there's actually a lot of cross inspiration going on there. Oh, I wouldn't doubt it. <laughs> Gears of War really like absorbed uh, some stylings of certain things, like mm-hmm. chain blade weapons, oh, yeah. and like uh, large caliper things, pauldrons. I can't remember what the the guns are called, but I like they might be similar to bolters. They might have, yeah. Uh, I can't remember right now. I feel like they are. I can't remember. Something like that. Um, but yeah, that or if Star Wars, like everybody had Roid Rage. <laughs> if everybody was drinking Bane Juice. Yeah, like, everyone drank Bane Juice. Yeah. It was like running around trying to do shipboarding. It'd be pretty close. Yeah. But yeah, it's well, just. Not really. Big. They're awesome. Um, which is weird because like, you know, the war or the Stardis armor is kind of basic and stuff like. You it's know, pretty good. It's big and bulky and stuff. I mean, when you see it, like, mm-hmm. you think of other games where everybody's got, like, these cool, like, knives and, like, tech stuff on there. And, like, Warhammer, the Stardews just have, like... Slabs of yeah, steel and ceramite to protect it's them. A tank, man. They don't need that. They have, like, a gun that shoots, you know... We'll get into the... <sighs> we have a special coming up on the, the arms and armor of Warhammer, and I have a bit about bolt guns and how yeah. cranky these are. Because a normal, like, a normal bolter is, like, a 70 caliber projectile, mm-hmm. which is, like... It's pretty big. Like, you know, like everyone knows, like, the 50 people, BMG. People have trouble shooting a 50 cal and not, like... Yeah. Well, that's also, like, a full-scale, like, rifle, right? Like, the, right. the bolter is, like... Imagine you made, a, like, a big, like angry a, Uzi. Yeah, <laughs> MP, like an MP5. Yeah. You're, like... <laughs> you're shooting 70 shoot cal 70. rockets at people. Yeah, bullets the size of your fist, right? Well, they're, they're actually... they're actually It'd actually only be about, like, this big. Oh, shit. Oh. 50 cal, like, that big? No. Oh. I imagine the bullets as like, you know, a cinnamon twist size. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you're shooting that maple bar out. No, no, no. There's actually this fun uh, juxtaposition thing that goes on where, um, like, the scale of a bolt gun 
and like the front hole that we've always seen mm-hmm. is radically that's like a 40 millimeter hole mm-hmm. like grenades could fit you could stick a grenade in the tip of that that thing isn't actually like the barrel that's like a like a, a breaker shroud that goes uh-huh. out over it's like a flash suppress mm-hmm. the actual bullet's only like a seven a seven point seven cal shot right okay so it's like it's only a little bit bigger than like a fifty cal bullet, but like the difference in in Warhammer Land is it's like a diamond, it's a diamite tipped like uh, depleted deuterium cord <laughs> rocket propelled explosive. So like it's just a mini RPG. Yeah, it literally, it that you're full, you're firing at full, full auto. <laughs> full auto. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just miniature. Yeah, it's basically just like miniature RPG shells that you just like brap, and someone just just turned into like mist. Yeah, and like um, we kind of we're going to touch on it later, but like the concept of like anti space marine weaponry, like a bolter is an anti space marine. It's like a, a diamond tip deuterium cord yeah. fucking bomb. It's, it's like the Swiss Army knife of guns. It can yeah. shoot anything. Well. Oh yeah, bolter. We'll get into that later too. Bolter shells, like the variety. Is honestly uh, too big and seems kind of nonsensical because there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of function overlap, but that happens when you when your when your military force is literally the size of a galaxy and each group is trying to innovate something. You're going to get like, yeah. uh, and you're fighting like hundreds of different types of yeah. enemies. Yeah, you're gonna nightmares, nightmare. Mon- you're gonna end up developing similar types of bullets. Like, yeah. there's a whole thing about like all the variety of seeker shells or like. Acid bullets. I don't know why you would do that, but it, you can. You can put acid in a bullet. Edge lord stuff. <laughs> yeah. Si- hey, suppressed not even bullets. my boys, the night lords, would do acid bullets. It'd be blood. It kills them too fast. <laughs> it's got blood at the tip. Yeah. But uh, no, yeah. The space rain. The individual space rain is a genetic, uh, genetically augmented masterpiece. Uh, uh, surgically augmented and cybernetically and chemically augmented, like super soldier. Um, with just like all these like built in like extra fun redundancies, mm-hmm. the capacity to like survive like heinous wounds, the scariest fifteen year old you'll ever meet. Yeah, well, <laughs> typically, typically, yeah, they are recruited at a young age and like trained and enhanced. Very similar, ironically, to the, like the Halo Spartan program. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of parallel to the in- influx of that as well with like the cybernetic augmentation. But then like, yeah, typically a normal space rain. Well, for sure in like. Uh, the future of 40k has approximately like a hundred years of experience under their belt before they're even allowed to be in the armor, mm-hmm. which is also like fucking yeah, crazy. Yeah, because scouts yeah die like yeah yeah yeah, yeah. frequently. Mm-hmm. Poor uh, scouts <laughs> rip scouts um, as in the recruited yeah recruited yeah. Uh, tenth company yeah. trained up like uh, recruit space marines learning the rookies Adams. yeah the they, new guys they don't got full armor on yet either. They they have right. armor, but it's not like it's it's powered armor. Yeah. It's just it doesn't it's like re it's like hardened armor. It's yeah. better than like what guardsmen get to wear. Also, we'll go into guardsmen. Uh, testicles made of uh, seven inch spheres of brass. These guys, mm-hmm. I would I would die fighting yeah. a single guardsman. Yeah, they uh, they don't give any fucks. Well, the some of them have to do. <laughs> yeah. They the honey badger to thirty k forty k. Yeah, they're impressive. Um, which is kind of cool. Uh, the next very foreshadowing quote, it's mm-hmm. in a book after the uh, studies are introduced, um, they're described, you know, in heavy detail, and they say, uh, the only thing that can beat an Astartes is another Astartes. Foreshadowed which, by our Bolter yeah. dialogue a second ago. Yeah. 
Good job, Dan, with the foreshadowing. Yeah, yeah. Um, the king of the foreshadow. <laughs> the unsubtle foreshadow. Yeah. yeah. Um, Chthonia is briefly mentioned as the Luna Wolf's, or Luna Wolf's home world, which is like just all gangland, essentially. A bunch of mines and gangs. So uh, a lot of people see the uh, Space Wolves, or not Space Wolves, sorry, uh, Luna Wolves as um, just kind of brutal gang members, kind of not, shit. not, not as civilized. Not dissimilar to Nostromo. With the Night Lords, it's pretty much the same exact thing. Uh, yeah, just above colonies, above ground. Like, yeah, the difference is, Chthonia uh, has sunlight. <laughs> well, it's sometimes it usually uh, does. It has a visible sun. I would. Uh, it's more than Nostromo. Yeah, Nostromo is just a nightmare. Um, Literally. <laughs> yeah, we find out uh, Horus is also known as Looper Cow. Um, that is his title before. The uh, title Warmaster is given to him. Um, what it, kind of meaning does Lupercal have for like for Horus and for the Space Marines? Um, I mean, it's just like... Isn't that just his last name? I don't think so. Uh, oh, yeah. Horus Lupercal. And I always think like a lupine is like, you know... Playing into the, the wolf idea of the yeah. Yeah, definitely. Luna Wolves. It is just something they could yell before they run forward. Yeah. You know, everybody wants some kind of catchphrase. Do the Ultramarines yell girly man as they <laughs> yeah. charge for Reboot her! He's thick. <laughs> He's thick! Reboot <laughs> um, They probably yell something cool. You know, blueberry-ish. I'm Discount Roman. <laughs> no, we like to we like to shit talk Ultramarines uh, thanks to your boy Matt Ward. Yeah. Who penned the Ultramarine 5th edition codex that said all the infamous and false quote all space marines aspire to be an ultramarine, and it's just like lol. <laughs> or if you're Luke and you just you know, or an what? edgy chaos boy. I'm not that edgy. Bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> no, but uh, space marines suck. Space marines are cool. I've been trying to be better about that. You don't have to be, dude. <laughs> you don't have to be. I got no. enough love for him for everybody. Yeah, no, ultramarines are fine. They're fine. They're good. They're good men, and they do good work. They mm-hmm. just get a weird. What's even the right word? A weird level of unnecessary attention mm-hmm. by a lot of people. And it's just like... I mean, yeah, being a poster boy, that's just kind of like... And like how people get into the hobby and the lore, right? Like, yeah. That's, yeah. I mean, it's what James Workshop really has to do, right? Is like just fucking pound down like, these are cool guys, guys. Did you say just James trust Workshop? Yeah, James Workshop. James Workshop. <laughs> Never heard of James Workshop. I, I have not. He's man, he's the man behind the mirror. Ah, uh, uh, it's you don't know about that. No, his, man. His name is James Workshop. Like that's where the name comes from. No shit. Yeah. Last name Workshop. Yeah. Is it like you know kind of Americanized German or something like no, that? No, he's, he's English. It's James a UK Workshop. based company. What are you fucking talking? Nottingham, about? in fact. Yeah. Huh. Because Workshop to me is like. Like, like scratching your head, coming over, you know, immigrating to America. You're like, what should I name myself? You know, nothing German because it might sound kind of sketch at this time. So, how about work? He looks around like workshop. Pulling <laughs> this guy's leg all the way to Mars. <laughs> this is so uh, easy. He's, he's shitting you, bro. I'm not serious. You're not. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Could have fooled me. I like how you, I did fool you. I really like the commitment you bought into it with. It's very impressive. But <laughs> I was like, okay, I guess I'll keep going with it. Sure. I don't want to be like the uninformed guy. You just proved. I know. <laughs> uh, 
I read a lot of Horace Heresy. I don't leave the book very often. That's fair. That's yep. fair. But my point is, to get people into buying their shit, mm-hmm. you got to make something seem like really cool, badass, right? Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's just Space Marines in general. There's a, there's a little bit of the, uh, the Codex symptom where the Codex describes whatever faction you bought as the best mm-hmm. and that they literally like given the right circumstances they could not be defeated you know and it's yeah, only it's right. only through like um bad luck and like ill timing and like the enemy's preparation that they're ever even put on the back foot and that happens in the necron codex and the eldar oh, codex yeah. and like like because you read the, if you like read the eldar codex and it's like a single eldar like aspect warrior is like like has a hundred lifetimes of experience and has been practicing with the gun and the blade his whole like it's like it's like the while you studied this, I studied the blade, yeah. and it's like, but then like, you know, I, I think the best like comparison for it is like thinking about like a six year old child <laughs> and like my imaginary gun kills you. No, yeah, my yeah. armor is more strong than your imaginary gun, and it's just back and forth. I, I mean, that's my favorite part about Warhammer. It's, it's kind of got like, that vibe. It's to ridiculous. It. It's so over the top, yeah. stupid, and nothing like, is spared. No. Everything can fucking die. Yeah, everything, pretty much. Yeah. Except for Gaunt. <laughs> Gaunt and his boys. They're pretty tough. They can't die. Um, boulders are introduced, but we will go into that. A uh, little teaser. Jake mm-hmm. has, you know, We'll have our own little episode on that. Um, Abaddon, his uh, his Justarians are talked about and show up wearing all black. Mm. Specifically, uh, Ezekiel Abaddon. Ezekiel Abaddon. Uh, future far future war master of chaos mm-hmm. and very successful yeah and he is captain of the first company so you know horace's go-to guys and uh the gestarian are all clad in terminator armor which in the universe is relatively new that's why like you know mm. uh this grade of Terminator armor yeah. is new. This is like because they're wearing a cataphracty pattern terminator. This is my nerd showing, but um cataphracty pattern terminator is like high end. Like this is like apex. Like it's like I have a car, but then also you compare it to like Formula One. I don't actually drive a car. I drive a sad gas bag, <laughs> and a Formula One is like doing yeah. these things that my car could only ever like dream of. Mm-hmm. Terminator armor is like F one power armor like it's like this is the shit like you gotta go do something that's like basically a suicide mission you and your boy suit up in termi armor you're probably coming back yeah unless you're stupid and you don't wear a helmet <laughs> well, yeah. the symptom well, then you have plot armor though yeah where's so my top not fine. gonna go yeah on the on the top of the helmet yeah, or on the top of the, the arch cut a, a magnetic top knot that just comes clink on <laughs> yeah. that'd be pretty good but uh yeah they show up wearing all black um mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, black base. is a popular color for a legion's uh, elite guard. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The uh, the white scars. Um, I don't suddenly remember what they're called, but they're really cool and they're Mongolian flavored. They're also in black. Uh, the iron hands. Uh, 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 Are they immortals? Uh, yeah, the immortals. Immortals wear black. All iron hands wear black, but then they specifically have like their uh, their gorgon unit or whatever they're called, and they're also in all black. The black is black. Yeah, the blood angel or the dark angels. Their guys are in black. They're also a lot of it's a theme. Mm-hmm. Um, it also because uh, they're all getting set down and whatnot. Uh, the apothecary is introduced on the battlefield um, as doctors. That's just the legion doctors. It'd be like field medic. Yeah, and uh, I and mean they're warriors as well. They're like 
field medics, but their main purpose is to retrieve gene seed. Yeah, yeah. And I it, mean, it, they're they tasked with saving the soldiers. They try to keep you alive, but like, yeah. I feel like essentially they're just like because your Astartes blood clots incredibly fast. They're just like giving you balms to like, you know, reduce the pain that they don't even feel anyways. Well, they um, feel pain. They'll stabilize. That's what I think they yeah. do. They, they allow the body yeah. to kill itself, and like if you lose a all your limbs, they'll. Make it so you don't die and you can get robot limbs later. But yeah. most importantly, like Luke said, the um, the gene seed is retrievable. Mm-hmm. Um, and after a while, you know, you start off with Which one. Which is how you, you reproduce right. Marines, Yeah, right? A so. gene seed is a – there's a lot of dialogue about what is a gene seed. A gene seed is a small cellular cell packet, um, often described in weird ways. But it's, it is just like a small kind of fleshy – you could almost call it a tumor. Yeah. But what it has inside of it is the genetic coding – to make and grow the other organs that go into a space mm-hmm, marine. Mm-hmm. And so, like, retrieving it is basically, like, you get... There's, like, bits in there to make another space marine. And there's finite... You can't, like, really... I mean, yeah, to, it's pretty hard to get more of them, so you're trying to... Yeah, the fastest preserve. way to get gene seed is to put it into a space marine, grow this guy up, have him develop all the organs, and then his body will make these new gene seed. Like, you put one into a space yep. marine, and their body will make a second one. One lives at the base of their neck, uh, under their collarbone kind of area, like in there. Some people describe it as in the actual, like in the neck, but that would look like a big Adam's a, apple. Yeah, like a turbo Adam's apple, Some like off center. But I've always heard it described as being just by, like, just under the collarbone, and there's one lower down in the chest, mm-hmm. close to their heart. Um, and yeah, so you, I think Midwinter Minis on YouTube has like a good video that he I did don't like that video. Recently. It's disgusting. It, it's nasty. <laughs> it it totally shows, ruins like, my like what space marines theoretically would look like after all the augmentation. Yeah, and stuff. gross, and the, kind of mutated. The pul- like the giant, I mean, gene seeds are described as like what? It's like a tennis big? ball or an egg yeah. or well, People like describe that. them as tennis balls, but I'm pretty sure it'd be like the size of like a, at max, like a grape. Like cells are small. <clears throat> Not needing to be said at all, but no, like, I know everything's bigger in Warhammer, but like a gene seed could literally be like a polyp, like a tiny yeah. little thing. Because like it just has to hold enough small genetic information to like make an organ, right? Yeah. Well, it, half these guys like go <coughs> off of uh, me. be like, oh yeah, it's huge. It'll be like a single reference in mm-hmm. like the entirety of Warhammer books. They'll be like, oh yeah, I'm gonna play off of this. Yeah. Because like I, I don't know how I mean, the authors. And, and yeah, we just talked about scale, right? It's always yeah. described scale a little bit differently. Like... Some space rings have tennis balls inside them that have to be scooped out. Other space rings, like a syringe, can pull this thing mm-hmm. out. You know, like oh, yeah. essentially, they're the tool that they use is like an auger drill thing that just like sucks it out, right? Yeah, it's got saws, yeah. Nar- narciss- and... or narcissium or something like that. Another yep. word that is contentious in the fandom, but yeah, um, a tool to like extract the gene seeds, like a. Like we were saying, apothecary can either help to stabilize you, fix you, so you can get back up later, or if you've taken too much horrendous damage and you are a uh, dead or be really close to being dead and like maimed, but also not suitable, suitably maimed enough to be put into a dreadnought, they'll grant you the Emperor's Mercy, which is getting stabbed in the face by basically a cattle <laughs> rod. <laughs> <By a> tra- <laughs> and then they'll then they'll it's, it's, uh, remove and extract the uh, the gene seeds. Um, and potentially, like, some other things, if it's able, they're able to grab it. Sometimes they'll take a cybernetic augmentation out, like if it's, like, an eye one. Mm-hmm. Um, this happens a lot in places where, like, space marines aren't very well equipped. When you need to get equipment off the field again, you got you pull it out of the guy. Or especially, like, when we're talking about, like, 41st millennia yeah, with- chaos. Yeah, yeah. They have no supplies, right? They're a ragtag yeah. band of, you know. Hashtag salvage? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> 
I mean, to be fair, though, there are Chaos Legions who have access to corrupted Forge worlds Definitely, and are able to yeah. get like really fresh stuff. Yeah. But typically, like a Chaos Warband, a very common site, they'll be like roving and just stealing and taking to like endure. So. Liberating. That's a word let's, for it. Yeah, let's call it... There's li- a lot of factions who say they're liberating people, but mm. it's like, it's the old... I just uh, mean liberating supply. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Borrowing. No, 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 no. We'll get these back. Um, also, uh, it introduces iterators um, briefly, which will be more in-depth later. They're just like the hype men for the uh, Emperor, mm-hmm. essentially, and they get everybody to believe them. They're influencers. <laughs> They're uh, 40, 30th millennium influencers. Yeah. And then Old Knight's briefly mentioned as well, which is just a period of time where like um, humans left Terra, um, warp storms happened. Uh, like So basically space was just you know super staticky and lightning-y, so they were unable to communicate with each other. So mm. you know that Old Knight is a period where everybody was lost and had to survive on their own or die on yeah, their own. Yeah, we can go into that more in depth later yeah. about like the actual like major... like historical events for like the galaxy but like uh the old knight was caused um not in small part due to the birth of the fourth chaos god slanesh like thousands of years ago um when the eldar had how to describe it a Uh, murder orgy party (laughs) with enough Mm -hmm. drugs to like you know drown worlds yeah then well it's it's not like it was one party it was like the whole culture had been building up it's like the dark eldar exists and then and then the craft world eldar exists there's also some like exodite eldar dark eldar are a more accurate representation of what the eldar were before the fall this is a big tangent sorry um the dark eldar were like evil mean they're into killing and like the excess which is a a big key point in the the insulin ash as a character um but eventually their um their hedonism reached an apex so volatile that it uh, birthed the Chaos God, which sundered real space in the warp and created the Eye of Terror, mm-hmm. which also led to a galactic-wide warp storm. So, like, interstellar travel became, like, really, really difficult. And, like, I think the only faction uh, even capable of navigating this environment would have been, like, the Necrons, since mm-hmm. they don't actually use any warp travel, technically. But even then, they were all taking a nap. So, um, yeah. pretty much no no culture could maneuver in this This was thousands of years as well. Yeah, this was a long time ago. Um, yeah, this is all happening when they're, uh, you know, invading False Terra as mm-hmm. well. Um, but then it briefly, uh, jumps to the Vengeful Spirit, which is, um, the Luna Wolf's, uh, flagship, essentially. Mm-hmm. This is Horace's ship, the Vengeful Spirit, and it will come up multiple times. Uh, it's a big deal. Um. It's also a very big ship. Yeah. 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 It is, um... What's the class of that one? A Gloriana class mm-hmm. battleship. Jesus. Which is like so like ships are big. We were kind of brushing this earlier. Ships are like kilometers long. An Emperor class battle bar or battleship, which is like the standard Imperial Navy ship, is approximately um what was it? Like twenty thirty no, I think it's like forty kilometers long. It's a big space boat, right? And it's huge. It's basically like imagine like I mean, oh, it's like Rhode Island. Yeah, it's like it's like an entire like moving Tennessee like, fortress ship, right? Yeah. And like, but they if you ever played uh, uh some of the uh, Battlefleet Gothic games, yeah. both tabletop and PC, they do a very good job. Their scale is super wacky, but they have a good visual representation of what these things mm-hmm. like would style be stylized to look like. Um, but a Gloriana class battleship is like fifty to seventy five kilometers long, like. Like bigger than islands, right? This thing is up in the sky. It's functionally like a like a mini continent up there, and like 
the vent, uh, the the vengeful spear is literally one of the largest yeah. void ships that humans have ever yeah. built. There are, of course, larger, but they're not as prolific as the yeah. And even spear. then, these it's like every Primarch got his own. They all got a, a personal space boat. People aren't just cruising around in these things. No, randomly. these are. Each one of these is functioning like a work of art, yeah. like a unique yeah. individual. Yeah. They're all within like the same class, which is we'll kind of get into that in the future as well. the right. The naval slash weapon class system in forty k is as fluid as the scale. Like, yeah, right. It, it, it's to the effect of like in real life, like a Koenigsegg car, where it's like, yeah, yeah they're all like fifteen million dollar cars, but they're all incredibly unique mm-hmm. personalized style oh yeah. yeah everything every legion's yeah. got their own like like the um, world leaders having harpoons <laughs> like no one besides the world leaders is going to do that you yeah, know i was going to yeah. put a spaceship with harpoons drag fly me close i want to hit him with my sword <laughs> that's like what man. um i want to lean out the window and slash <laughs> at their ship <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but yeah, uh, the story drops back to the, uh, the spirit where uh, Mercedes Olaton. Um, Can you say it again? I will try. Uh, Mercedes Olaton sure. is introduced. Dude, it's, I'm looking at it. It's Mercedes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, this guy's car brand. He's, yeah. a, he's a Mercedes. It's so cool. Uh, he's a docu- uh, documentarist for the uh, Luna Wolves, which is, you know, just a note keeper, whatever, for the. Uh, Part of the Remembrancers, which is just like Biggie's decision to. Um, they're scribes, right? Yeah, they're, they're trying to, you know. Preserve put history. All this stuff, yeah. Yeah, preserve history so you can look back and not make the same mistakes. Right. And it's propaganda as well. Yeah, to preserve the, the history that the Emperor wants to push. Yeah. Kind of. <laughs> Parts know, of history. The good, the good bits. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, like, and we say that as if, like, Every country on the planet isn't guilty of it to a, a degree, oh, yeah, at least. Definitely. Um, yeah, I mean, but a really prolific example would be like the, the Soviet Union. Yeah, yeah. written uh, by the victors, right? Yeah, history so. is written by those who win. And space rings, well, they tend to win. They win a lot. <laughs> um, she uh, has a lot of augmentations to her as well. She has perfect recall, memory, and all that kind of stuff. Are you talking about cybernetic augmentations? Yes. Like genetic ones? Uh, cybernetic. Her head is like elongated back almost. Nice. Almost like, you know, Gross. the Conad thing, but it's like, you know, I was basically say like just crystal a... skull, like uh, ancient aliens, crystal, like elongated oh. banana heads. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, she um, remembers everything with the help of her, you know, external hard drive in her brain yeah that's kind of a, a blessing and a curse to be yeah. able to recall everything well i mean our Astartes can do that as well which sucks if you have a like degree. a nightmare like well i can't forget that memory or if you get a witness like uh the horrors of the galaxy that are to come yeah. those poor boys it's like ah remember that time that we had to watch that uh that space worm alien turn a guy into dust by aging him through his entire existence in like two seconds it's like, yeah, I'm not forgetting that. That's yeah. with me. That gets to be with me forever. You can't repress that. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, it goes into her uh, interviewing Loken, mm-hmm. uh, which is just, you know, it happens throughout the books. Uh, she's trying to get Loken to open up. Um, and it kind of goes into the odd physique through her eyes of the Stardis, mm. um, brought up as equine largeness of the face and a uh, ribless torso, since, you know, their chests are fused, oh, yeah. the bones are. And so it's like a plate. Uh, yeah, they have one instead of a rib bones, they have a rib bone. It's yeah. like a big yeah. a rib. Yeah, it's like age is no longer the proper word. For uh, it's, it's like, like a rib barrel. <laughs> yeah. 
Which does it's a fun aside that it makes some of the uh, the psycho surgery stuff that they do later, like the uh, like implantation, a pain in the ass. Yeah, because you have to like cut a hole in the bone, take a chunk out, go inside, do a do a thing, put the bone back, and then like be like, all right, space marine's gonna regenerate. The space yeah. marine regeneration is a fun tidbit aside as well, because like their healing is really rapid, their blood clots, mm-hmm. but like they kind of touched on it in that one YouTube video about like the. Um, the what would a real space ring look like yeah but how like the rapid healing would leave like very interesting looking scars kind of frozen in like a a form of trauma which is like and obviously over time like a space ring's body will work on like reducing the scar because you know they have very very good bodies um good yeah good bodies but like uh it's actually within with intention that they have the the kind of like a very prominent scar will appear, mm-hmm. but then fade over. Like I say, fade over time. But like Space Marine has to live like four hundred years for that thing to fade. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's it's part of it. it's a whole thing. Yeah, um, but yeah, she's like you know everybody has that what they call that um, the dread, the uh, transhuman dread. Mm-hmm. A lot of people see Space Marines are just like stupefied by yeah. how I mean, big yeah, and wouldn't scary. You, if you saw like a nine foot. Yeah, or whatever. imagine the mountain Human. coming at you, but like, you know... That can move faster than you, but also is like t- three times your size. Yeah, if the mountain was athletic outside of like lifting weights and stuff, yeah. like if he could run like Usain Bolt. Yeah, because yeah, no, I think the the transhuman dread is a good way to describe it, because a lot of people describe it as like awe of like looking at a space ring and being in awe of this like, this like demigod, demigod. metahuman. But, like, really when people see them, they realize that, like, the Imperium is willing to take, like, drastic leaps beyond... They're not human, yeah. you can tell. Yeah. I mean, they have a human form, but they're no ab-human. longer... Yeah. They're abhumans. So they're definitely, like, but intentional abhumans, yes. you know? Like, they're definitely, right. like, made to be above, to be better than, and to be, like, surpassing humanity. Definitely in terms of violence, but... um the dread is... I think that's a really good way to describe it. This mm-hmm. abhuman dread. Um, yeah, it goes in... The book goes into uh, her body mods as well, like we talked about with their brain. And it just... In 40K, like, if you want to be really good at looking at stuff, put some robot eyeballs in. Like, people can customize their bodies to be whatever yeah. is most helpful to them. Yeah, definitely think, like, cyberpunk, but mm-hmm. then, like, just icky. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, cyberpunk without the, you know... With the aesthetic and the glitch. Yeah, you're <laughs> just like, you get a new vibe going. Um, it mentions the Astartes, uh, perfect recall, which we already hit on. Um, the interaction shows us how Astartes view most humans as inferior. Cause I mean, at once they were humans, mm-hmm. but they are almost like how most militaries are. Like you are bred and kind of brainwashed to a point. So they're, well, space beans are for sure brainwashed. Oh, they, they know I they're mean, better than most humans. Um, and they even see, like, they call humans mortals. Yeah. Right. Implying that, like, they're not. <laughs> yeah. Implying they're not when I mean, sufficient firepower proves otherwise. Well, I mean, yeah, but, like, if uh, Space Marine was left out of combat, like, how... Have we seen how long one can... Uh, the current record holder for not cheating is... Um, and I say that meaning, like, no chaos bullshit, not being, like, in a dreadnought sarcophagus, which is a state of suspended animation, and, like, not using, like, a, like a body hop technique or something. Yeah. Like, the, the oldest living confirmed space marine is the chapter master in M41, uh, Dante of the Blood Angels. Yeah. He, at the beginning, or I should say, at the end of the 41st millennium, going into the 42nd, was 1,900 years old. And he is, like... Dude, I'm old. I need a break. And they're like, we're busy, Cap. We got to do more. And he's like, oh, my God. 
gosh. The nids, are, are daddy. There, <laughs> are there any space marines that have died of like natural causes? Uh, none that we have identified necessarily. Most space marines will get got by something right. in the universe. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, it could take like three or four hundred years or whatever. But like, yeah, like yeah. So like I said, Dante is the oldest living mm-hmm. who hasn't cheated. But we don't know how long Dante can live. Like he's described. So another tangent. I'm I'm the king of tangents. Um, he's described as having like white hair. Like his hair is turned white. Like he's old. His hair is gray. He's wrinkly. They describe him as having like this like a aged, leathery, wrinkly face and stuff. Mm-hmm. And he often will hide his face behind the death mask of his cha- his Primarch. Um, spoilers. Uh, just because it's like a a status thing. He doesn't let people yeah. see that he's like. Got big. He's got bags of holding under his eyes that he gets to fit a battle barge in. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. he's like he he and he talks about it and stuff. Like in some of his novels and stuff, he'll just be like, like um, like he gets out of bed and he's just like everything hurts. Like my body, like his genetically engineered, cybernetically enhanced, chemically boosted turbo body. He's like my fucking knees hurt, Dad. Yeah, he's got arthritis. Yeah, he's like it hurts. <laughs> But, like, obviously, like, the transhumanism in him allows him to push past, like, these trivial kind of pains. Mm-hmm. Do I ever wish I had those? And then, um... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. But, uh, and, like, later he goes on to perform, like, wild feats of, like, speed and strength, even though he's, like, old. Um, mostly because he's also, like, very main character but... Yeah, I just um, wish I could be in Astartes to eat, like, you know, dairy products without any kind of repercussions. <laughs> Go to a taco joint and be like, yeah, I'll have one of everything. No consequences, please. Yeah, yeah that's for fun. Yeah. But, um, um... I need a piss break. All right. You even checked Alexi, have you? I don't read that shit. You know how, like... That's so apex. I want to... That needs to be a quick aside as well that we stick in somewhere that... Heath does not read the Lexicanum or the Warhammer Wiki fandom. That's why when everybody puts videos, they're like, this is what Winter thinks. Like, I don't watch him because I'm an asshole. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, he wants to, he's, he does his own, re- he does his own research, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> like, legit research. He doesn't watch YouTube videos and read the Wiki. He reads the source material and he reviews the source material multiple times. It's powerful. Yeah. You're a powerful man. Reading the whole series twice is going to be... Uh... Such a, you're such a Chad. <laughs> yeah, I just read Chad. the Horus Heresy twice so I could do this. It's like, oh! oh. You plebs. Yeah. Everyone else? Plebeian. <laughs> yeah. What were we talking about? Um, were we going to pick up? Uh, we just got done with yeah. the interactions um, with Mercedes and Logan. Oh. And it kind of briefly touches on... Um, Oath of Moments. Um, I think Mercedes saw some Oath of Moment papers on uh, Logan's gear, which Oath of Moment is just like the Space Marines re-promising that they're going to do what they're going to do. And it can be like more specific. Than yeah, that, right? very like, specific. Like they'll put like papers on their armor for a specific battle. Like I'm a, I'm going to achieve this. Yeah, they're right? very specific. Yeah, and they. I'm going to find this one fucker, yeah. and I'm going to drive my bolter up his ass so hard. Mm-hmm. Or die. And the Emperor trying. will <laughs> say, good job. Like, God damn. But no, they're very specific, and they will uh, like die for this. Like, if they don't come back, and there's multiple occurrences in the stories where, like, they didn't do what their oath of moment said, and they're like, just kill me. Like, I, I can't go back yeah, kind of thing. You know, embarrassing it's a proper oath but like yeah. i feel like in normal life oaths are like lifelong and these are like short-term dividends you know yeah like this is a promise you can't get out of yeah um it's kind of fun 
but thankfully, um, after the you know out of combat interaction happens, we jump right back to the fight where uh, Dan and Dan is the author of the book. When we reference Dan Abnett, um, he is one of the many writers for. He's a Warhammer. also, in my humble opinion, one of the best. Yeah, he is a yeah. he is a total Chad. Like, I love all of his books. Um, but we back to the fight of uh, the little wolf spearhead trying to uh, gut false Terra and kill the false emperor. Um, and it makes a good point to describe the brutal warfare mm-hmm. that uh, is Astartes combat. Um, Think um, very loud, very fast, very like dynamic and explosive. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And he's, he's very good with uh, the adjectives mm-hmm. of like all the wounds and stuff. Like something doesn't just get shot. It explodes in a mist of blood or yeah. bones are splintered or faces are caved in. And like yeah. you just don't exist anymore. Yeah, again, more reasons to read the book if you're uh, oh, yeah. interested. God, it is. It's definitely, details, uh, right? it's definitely a little bit of like space marine like word porn in that sense. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, which Absolutely. Is, not gonna lie, one of my guiltiest secret pleasures, that's not really a secret, is reading the Space Marine battle novel series stuff, mm. where it's just literally like a single fight plucked out of a chapter's history that they talk about. Yeah. And that sh- it's so good. And like, Dan Evans actually written a couple, and they're uh, really good. Mm. And I think this actually parallels that really well. So. Yeah, the, uh... Little plug for a little series I like. <laughs> it, it would be weird, because like, you know, most of our experience with warfare is like call of duty and stuff where everything's like you know pretty we're like i think there's certain sense, movies pretty, yeah. like 1917 that do a good job of like describing it showing the brutal part of warfare that like yeah like saving private ryan yeah. fury band of brothers dunkirk yep. yeah lots of films obviously where you can tell what kind of demographic we are for these right. film names but like but like I- I mean, it catches part of it. Starship Troopers is also like a very good, uh, yeah, that's um, actually like, like sideways movement to how level Starship of the Troopers. gore in this. Yeah, yeah, the yeah. gore, like the the mutilation that takes place, like because being a normal person and having to fight a space marine is like, are you ready to get into like a car accident with dynamite? And you're like what? <laughs> like yeah, shattered. I would say like a lot of our visions of warfare are kind of warped as well from like either. You know, most of our media is like World War Two, mm-hmm. World War One, right? Mm-hmm. Or maybe some Vietnam, like you know, Full Metal Jacket, that kind of stuff. Yeah. But like the popularized media, the romanticized, the war. media, Roma- yeah. Why? Well, I, I mean, <laughs> you know, I do. Yeah. Like, they try to pretty up everything. Yeah, and America's well, always like, you know, yeah. And we have a very spe- we have specific time periods as Americans that we are romanticizing yeah and like exposed to and trying to it's like a it's like everyone thinks being a knight would be really cool and it's like Mm -hmm. really you'd be a sweaty stinky oh god like blood and guts like mostly covered in mud like i i'm potentially exaggerating a tiny bit but there are obviously like examples of like how uncool it was to be yeah (laughs) like medieval and then like to to circle back like in warhammer like a really good example of like uh, that, like the grinding, brutal warfare that takes place a lot is like the Siege of Rax stuff, and how like, like when the Empire shows up, the Imperium of Man shows up to like siege this one planet because they they were like turning evil and like they weren't paying their money and like taxes, and like they had thrown off the yoke of the Emperor and stuff. They're like, nope, you're gonna get subjugated because we gotta have this planet, right? And like the uh, the Adeptus Administratium, who you know is basically the record keeper slash like 
resource management group within the Empire is like, we project this battle, this war will take us up 30 years and X number of like bullet shells, X number of men, mm-hmm. X number of munitions, like all they like yeah. tallied all up and they're like, our projection is in 30 years, we're going to crack this planet. And that's what they're going to set down to do. And it's just like being a soldier who gets to go into this on the first wave it's like, buckle up, buddies. We're doing this for the rest of our yeah. lives. Your, your grandkids are going to be fighting this war. Yeah, yeah you're going to be... Yeah, because, like... I mean, if you especially if you're, like, a guardsman, you're, like... Mm-hmm. Life That's expectancy on. is, like... It depends on the field you're being deployed to, but guardsman expectancy has been as low as three seconds. <laughs> There's a literal book. Uh, what yeah. is that, like, 17 hours or yeah, something? Yeah. Like, it's the first Warhammer book I ever read. Oh, wow. Where it's just, like, you land on a planet, you got less than a day. No, like, yeah. wait, 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 what? <laughs> like, yeah, you're going to live long enough to shoot the magazine you got and maybe reload. Maybe not. <laughs> it, it, it's, uh, Make it count. Yeah, it kind of reminds what, me of the movie, what, um, what is that, uh, Enemy at the Gates? Yeah. Where, like, one guy gets, you know, ammo and the other guy gets the gun. They're like, when that guy dies, pick that gun up and put your clip in there and shoot it. And like, wait, wait, what? And yeah. then if you're lucky, go take the guy's gun who you just killed and keep using it. Yeah. That's why Laskins are charged in campfires, right? Because, like, <laughs> it rarely ever happens. Oh, a Lasgun, literally one of my favorite weapons. We're going to go into that in depth later. I love Lasguns. Best gun. Plug it into the wall. Leave it in the sun. If you're desperate, pitch it in a campfire. You'll charge up that fusion battery, <laughs> which is... Don't put it in the campfire a lot. Sometimes they explode. <laughs> God forbid. It's like lithium batteries. They're just danger <laughs> pillows. <laughs> but like grim, dark danger pillows. Grim, but no, dark yeah, like, danger pillows. Um, like the brutal attrition of 40K is that like a soldier's life. Like so in Warhammer, they often. It's a just, number. It's a number. It's a number on a spreadsheet. And like they don't like the, the, Im- the Imperium as a whole, this galaxy wide like monolith of just like logistics and like. The brutal, the brutal calculus of war, mm-hmm. like human life, is often measured against the, like the 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 dollar value or, or the the, uh, the throne. The the money is called thrones. The throne value versus that of like an artillery shell. Like that's how they do the that's the metric, right? So like guardsmen, like in, human soldiers, be it in the imperial guard, be it in like the solar auxilia, be it in like uh, any faction that drafts human soldiers you're like whew, you're on the same caliber of like value to them as bullets like you got to yeah. be ready to like so like i mean especially when like the half of the imperium probably or more is like fed off of corpse starch yeah, yeah. corpse starch is a fun uh you ever seen uh southern green it's that it's <laughs> it's just people except now it's like common and then everyone knows it and it's fine you just yeah the cannibalism is just you shut up and eat because you're hungry yeah. <laughs> yeah you're hungry you eat it it's protein it's calories it's going to keep you going yeah <laughs> quick aside the normalized cannibalism like you open a can like you get like cat food can- what's this oh a factory worker, probably. People. Like, it's heavily... Pro- it's like bologna, right? It's like heavily, heavily processed. It yeah, you, doesn't look like a person anymore. You, your fancy corpse starch is just, like, servitor, like, aged, like, live-aged <laughs> meat. Oh, oh just cut a slice off of... Nice! Yeah. You know, that's... You get that more with, Salted like, hams. Yeah, Ooh. you get that more with chaos. Like, they'll... They like them fresh. Empire likes to try to sanitize it a little bit more. Like, make it look less like a person. Which is, like, nice, but also, like angles into like the the brutal dystopia yeah. that is the future mm-hmm. it's just ground up long hey we're into recycling though, right yeah they're into recycling but yeah wrapping up the tangent 
Life uh, is cheap in 40K. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Um, Dan likes to make a lot of uh, references to the false Terra or false Terra to regular Terra. Mm-hmm. Um, and the invisibles of false Terra are brought up, which is like the guys who killed all the equities that are shot are were brought, um, which is just a group of, you know, false Terra's elite soldiers. And they just have like high tech. Are um, they just people though? Yeah. They're not I like mean, space Marines. They are definitely not Space Marines, but they have killed Space Marines. Like, this battle, Ooh, Space Marines mm. are dying. Wow. So, False Terra... Well, a quick aside. Most battles, a Space Marine's going to die. Yeah. That's a that's another quick tangent to make as well. In the world of 40K, a Space Marine is the middle ground soldier. Mm-hmm. Bolters are strength four now, baby. They've always they been strength of, four. I know, but they kind of just suck now. <laughs> yeah. No, it's like... um. In in the universe, there are things that are much stronger and more terrifying than a space marine oh, on the yeah. battlefield. But there's also stuff that's less scary than a space marine, like some schmuck with an AK, which exists. That's a thing. And like Emperor, help you when you have to fight a space marine with an yep. AK. In contrast, like <laughs> Emperor, bless you when you get to fight him with a fucking plasma gun. You're just like yeah. easy. Boop, 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 boop. But what they try to say is like. For a human, no matter how modified, yeah, for a regular base human to, to kill a space marine is a big fucking deal. That's how you're going to get some kind of space marine respect if you're a worthy opponent. Uh, regardless of these guys are invisible and are kind of hiding, and space marines are more like, hey, like face up, let's let's do oh, this. I mean, yeah, colorful like, her- heraldry. Space marines, space marines like take a lot from that. Like we were talking about knights and yeah. stuff, like the chivalry Honorable. kind of thing. Right? I mean, uh, most legions do. Uh, some, some, some no. Um, but yeah, the invisibles are brought in, and they're compared to um, the emperor's custodies, which are his personal what? bodyguard. Yeah, humans. I mean, just like compared to custodies, the false emperor. Oh, if his, you guys don't know oh, what custodies, is, yeah, we'll we'll yeah. get into that. His bodyguard are the invisibles. Um, so, like this okay. first battle, which is always weird to me after the reread, is like how Dan uh, made sure to compare like. There's a lot of similar things between false terror and regular terror, yeah. but okay. just you know slightly different. Um, just like, like Dollar Tree discount bin, yeah, version. Dude, but oh, even what? a Dollar Tree custodies would like, I mean, butter me up like a sandwich, you <laughs> oh, know, like, yeah. like split me open and put margin on me and be like, that was easy, bro. <laughs> but no, like we'll get into what a custodies is and like some other stuff later yeah. on. But a custodies is like functionally a space marine to a space marine to a space well, like not quite but yeah definitely like it's another level of just like human augmentation but like like it takes like a hundred years to make a space marine it takes like 400 years to make one custodies and they're like handcrafted artisan mm-hmm. like biological organic um, this kind of yeah organic grown free range yeah no it's like <laughs> it's like a space marine is technically like a mass-produced super soldier made as fast as possible. Mm. Like that's not actually how it is, but like to compare it, it'd be like how a Kalashnikov is made versus like how like a uh, like a match grade like target rifle would be made, mm. right? Like precision made, super lightweight, like h- the the wild tight tolerances. Yeah, that's a custodies, and like a space range just like boop 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 AK. Let's do it. Yeah. Yeah. You, um, you slap twenty humans through the process and hope like two of them come out. It's just like. <laughs> As fast as possible. Yeah. Right? Well, I think for custodies, the like the the failure attrition rate is like 
Oh, wait, I was saying Space Marines. Yeah, yeah, Space Marines. Space Marines, you throw, like, 100 people at it, and, like, maybe, like, 10 of them come out, like, right. a 10% failure rate. I think a Custodes is, like, a 1% success yeah, rate. Right. Where, like, yeah, but a lot more thought goes into it, because, like, you know, the yeah. Emperor, I think it's bits of the Emperor, like, in Custodes. Like, well, they are... Well, it's, so, like, bits of the Emperor is, like, a contentious topic as well. I can get into that later in my Conspiracies channel, but... Uh, conspiracies <laughs> dialogue. But, like, so, like... The Emperor doesn't actually use physical pieces of him in the creation of anything. Mm. He just has access to a very specific genetic code that he likes to use yeah. that people say is the Emperor's, but may or may not be. Uh, but uh, conspiracy for later. But no, the Emperor, the Cassettes are described as being made with big air quotes, the Emperor's gene seed. Mm -hmm. Like their physical traits and abilities are based off of the Emperor's physical traits and abilities. Which are what all the space marines are based off as well. But like like we said, a custodius is a fine wine. A space marine would be a box wine. Yeah. A guardsman would be grapes. <laughs> like, or raisins, perhaps. I don't know. Not even in season. <laughs> Should we talk about like how everything in 40K is hearsay? Yeah. We, heresy or hearsay? Hearsay. Okay. There's a strong deviation there. I mean... But yeah. no, yeah. 40K... You, you can go into that if you want. I mean, like... My point, like you mentioned, like supposedly and like, allegedly, the, allegedly, I make air quotes. Stuff, right? You can't like, see it. We but talk, I'm we say that time. because forty k is told from the perspective of commoners telling stories, essentially, or yeah. like you know the, and nothing is set in stone. Nothing. Well, you have like six, seven authors all writing at once. Like stuff's that going to contradict being each other. Very. Very kind to the number. It's a lot more. Yeah, I mean, like, it's just so many people trying to. It, you're going to overlap, and there's going to be some contradictions and yeah, stuff. The, the point is, like, there are stuff. There is stuff that we, you know, have read and and then is immediately disproven by other, like other, the next novel or whatever. Yeah. But so, like, that's an actually that's really interesting as well because even in universe, the consistency of like uh, information is very mm -hmm. suspect because uh, the yeah. the Imperium is at minimum. Uh, 12,000 years old, right? And it started in a time of myth and of darkness and of like... Uh, and we're, the, we're talking Imperium, not humanity, No, the, right? just the Imperium under the right. Emperor. Started the Unification Wars, which yep. are shrouded in myth. The history of that has been purposely covered up in part by the Emperor, what was happening. And then like even into the, into like the Imperium of Man spanning parts of the galaxy, like it's been 10,000 years. The warp exists. There's even some like quasi evidence of like time manipulation that's gone place and like, and like mirror reality as well. Like all sorts of crazy stuff also happens. There's like, there's like secret branches of the inquisition that track like time anomalies, mm -hmm. like the, like the Ordo Chronolius or whatever. And they're like, they're looking for abnormalities in the timeline right. and they find them. They're just like, what do we do about this? Like catalog it, I guess. And like, and like in the background, it's just Necrons. Like Necrons, exactly. <laughs> there are there are factions in the in the universe yeah. who have the ability to, within a range, manipulate space and time. Yep. And like that does not help. I mean, there are there <laughs> like, are Necrons who have dedicated millennia, yeah, many millennia, to their craft of time manipulation and hmm. bullshittery, basically. Yeah. And like, and like, For we shits don't, and giggles. I mean, yeah. I mean, it's just to make Necrons are very vain and petty like political and petty, yeah. so they'll do anything to just make their like political agenda a little bit better. A little bit better. And they've had again being an immortal robot. We'll get into Necrons more later. They're awesome. Yeah. Secretly, one of my like my favorite faction. Definitely. Um. And but then like, like 
other species history is like uh, there's just so much like eldar have been around since like uh i mean the beginning like almost literally almost as long as necrons yeah right and necrons are at current date crazy to think eldar this old too they're 60 million years old Mm. right right it's like they were they were around in like air quotes the early universe like Mm. early for even even modern standards right and like Eldar were around, allegedly like a version of orcs even existed then. Quarks, yeah. Quarks, yeah. Quarks. Quarks. Right. Quarks. Quarks. Yeah, no. But um, so like there's all sorts of cool stuff like that. But like the lore, even even like a character keeping track of lore in verse is gonna bump into contradictions, um, like uh, like anomalies of like time not lining up. They're gonna bump into like what appears to be duplicates of people in different places at the same time. Like, that happens a lot. Like, mm-hmm. surprising how often that happens. Maybe it's, like, a Xeno spy. Maybe they've actually been replicated somehow. No, there's two of this guy running around. Maybe. Who knows, right? And then, again, to, to kind of cap this little tangent of, like, how inconsistent, like, history is in the lore, the parallel universe of chaos of the immaterium yeah. is a swirling timeless void that's not right vortex of raw energy and emotion hell yeah like that's metal baby <laughs> <laughs> yeah so like anytime you go into the warp you're literally like like I a mean, geller field flicker well, away mean, from it, like right. reality bending if you mm-hmm. break down the word immaterium yeah. It spells it out for you. Right? Yeah, it's the like, immaterial universe. Yeah. The non-material. Yeah. And again, time and consistency only exists when matter is solid. <laughs> and in the warp, like, LOL, what's matter? Mm-hmm. Um, so Nothing matters. Exactly. But, uh, yeah, they're mentioned as custodians, and the invisibles are, like, their main reason why, like, you know, space marines are even having to come down here. Like, they are... A pain in the ass. Uh, the false terror does have a lot of like you know static defenses and whatnot, but the uh, invisibles are uh, what's putting down space marines. Sure. Yeah. Um, swords come into play. Classic. Like soon. Yeah. They have, Another iconic weapon. Yeah, they have like a, a situation where like Loken and Nero, which is you know Nero Vipus is basically Loken's go-to guy. Um, he is sergeant of the Locasta Tactical Squad, Tenth Company. Um, but yeah, they're like trying to go in and stuff. People are dying down corridors. They're like, we don't know what's up there. Ends up being like just an unmanned turret that just blasts and plaster, man. Like every time you step in a certain location, just peppers everything with, you know, in the Warhammer universe, like thousands of bullets. Yeah. Thousands of bullets. Um, but they end up throwing like a flare or something like that and taking care of it. Um, they deal with some invisibles, um, because of course it How goes. How does a space rain deal with an invisible? Uh, some plot armor. Um, well, are they actually? They're not actually like. They're as close to invisible as you can get. Their armor is like super high tech and stuff, where it's like it's broadcasting like. So they have like a predator cloak. Essentially, that's really mm. cool. But cool. um, you know, space marines armor is like their lenses and stuff can see like. All different spectrums, well, night yeah. vision, night, heat vision, all that kind of stuff. Night lords have a special thing called prey vision. <laughs> yeah, scare it's vision. Fucking, <laughs> it's fucking awesome. Yeah. It's as edgy as you can yeah. possibly get. Yeah. Prey vision activate. Because uh, <laughs> space marines is heat blurs. Yeah. <laughs> predator vision. Liter- no, it actually is predator. It, that that's so funny. But that's essentially what they use. They like he looks and he's like, "There's something kind of hazy over there." 
and Loken being the you know thug that he is, gets it done, um, yeah. and take care or takes care of him pretty well. Um, and it kind of goes into the Stardy's lack of fear and resolve because uh, Nero gets his. Well, uh, there's a comma there. Their lack of fear and their unshakable resolve. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Nero gets his hand kind of fucked up, and uh, <laughs> it's getting in the way. So. You know, being in the Stardies, uh, you know, they're all about, like, uh, usefulness and whatnot. So this hand's getting in the way, so what does he do? He takes his chain blade and just cuts the fucker off. Yeah. And he's like, I can't, you know, shoot as well with this thing. So he just, meh, cuts off his hand, blood clots, and now he's, you know, a little more tactical. Um, I mean, augmentics and stuff. Yeah. I mean, they can grow a new hand. Like, you just... There is the ability... It's not... A space marine can't, like, Wolverine a new hand, mm-hmm. but, like... They can put a new one on. on in a lab that mm-hmm. space marines have access to, like, on board the ship, there's a medical facility where they can vat-grow part of his body back. Yeah. Is, it, is it more common to do that or just get augmentics? It depends uh, when and where you are. Mm-hmm. During the heresy, it was much more common to, like, vat-grow new limbs. Okay. Um, not every legion did it. Obviously, the Iron Hands would just <laughs> get an... Uh, yeah. <laughs> Ha, ha, cyborg space marines who would think it's hot to be a space marine. So they'll just like, they're like, like, oh no, boss, a paper cut my finger, chops off hand, gets robot hand, clutch, you know? Uh, oopsie. Um, oopsie. But like, um, like the Emperor's children were a huge proponent of vat growing oh, I'm new, sure. fresh limbs. I'm sure they just did it for fun. Possibly. <laughs> but then like, good. it does kind of depend on where you are because it also depends at the time of like the individual marine and like what he thinks is a good choice. Because mm-hmm. like, Sometimes, like, an Iron Warrior, like, Siege Master guy will be like, oh, I got my leg blown off, so I replaced it with a cyborg leg that has, mm-hmm. like, a grounding spike so I can, like, you know, survive a shockwave and not get tumbled or whatever. Like, yeah. and, like the shockwave to toss a space room would be, like, really big. Yeah. So it's like, you know, he's up in the ante. And, like, I mean, sometimes they use it as, like, a, an ability to get, like, a, a cybernetic augment above a normal hand. Yeah. But typically a space room will be like, I'm a freaking space marine, just give me my hand back. You know, like, that's plenty dangerous yeah yeah sure and i feel like uh the further into the university like time wise you get the less resources that are available yeah, so, like absolutely. they're like we can't grow you once so we're just gonna put this yeah that's actually a really big reason in mm-hmm. m41 why like ultramarines and like uh iron hands and like oh, not iron hands imperial fists will like they'll get hurt and they'll be like oh gosh like we can't grow we're in the field and we can't get you new hands so you get a prosthetic mm-hmm. and sometimes like they're told it's temporary, but then it becomes like a permanent thing. Like they just never get around to being able to get it fixed, yeah. you know, yeah. replaced. It always surprised me that some of those new primary sculpts have like the cyber hands, bare cyber hands instead yeah. of like armoring them. Like I, it's been described a lot of the time where, you know, you get the prosthetics and it's mm-hmm. still like fits in your power armor and uh-huh. shit. Why are they just, I don't well, know. there's a, there's a whole thing with the iron hands as well. They'll, they'll have prosthetics fitted to them. That aren't the size of like their meat hand. It's the size of like their power armor sure, hand. Sure, that makes sense. Yeah, but like, I don't know. You, you've seen like the like, yeah, like the new where they've got like normal size hand holding a gun. Right. Yeah, that's just like, a thing because like now why? it's mechanical anyway. It doesn't matter. Like you can't bleed. You're not going to get cut. You can't get sick. Like, but your but your power armor is going to be better like, at protecting that hand than the hand itself oh uh, yeah typically i mean even if even if the hand is made of like adamantium and you put like a layer of ceramite on it you're just helping yourself right mm-hmm. right but i don't know it's a personal thing space marines are obviously in the future and now very into like a personal flair oh definitely i mean like that's the cool thing about like i mean you can consider it like compare it to um like star wars like clones versus droids right yeah where it's like 
they have an efficiency to them because of their individuality, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Um, even if they are following a codex and all that, right? I right. Mean, to be to be accurate, though, the codex hasn't even written yet. Space Marines just do whatever Space Marines do right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. It'd be like that. Um, Which is really fun. Yeah, just to remind the listener as well, uh, these first episodes are going to be a little bit longer because you're we're, we're just, introducing you to new terms. Yeah. Um, second episode, like, you won't have to worry about, you know, what a Space Marine is because you're going to know, like... You're going to know. If uh, we remember that, that is. Yeah. <laughs> Which part? Yeah. Um, <laughs> oh, no. Anyways, uh, Loken finally finds invisibles in person, slays them, because uh, Loken's a badass. Um, and as I mentioned earlier, the Luna Wolf's attack technique is called a spearhead or spear tip thrust, and it's mentioned a few times. And that's just like they want to... Um, Eliminate the head of the enemy, figuratively and literally, um, <laughs> yeah. instantly. Because like they think that maybe. Well, I mean, this is, that is actually like a that that tactic comes into play even in like the ancient world of like modern Earth. Yeah, like, uh, cut the snake's head off. And yeah, snake like even like uh, Alexander the Great. One of his big moves was he tried to like during his siege against or his battle against uh, King Darius made this, like crazy near suicidal like lunge to mm-hmm. push him and his cavalry and his infantry at Darius and like they got within like it some it's recounted differently. This is that's another thing. Even in real history it's like a little vague about what happened. Some people say that like Alexander got within like a spear's length of Darius and like was prepared to like throw a spear into this mm. guy but got stopped, right? And others say he was only like he was like, you know, dozens of meters away, but Darius like sees Alexander and Alexander looks at Darius and he's like, oh shit. Um but this tactic is iconic and only amplified by space marines. Like they are really like yeah, they're masters of war. Anything yeah. anything anyone's on the past, the space marine's gonna do it and they're gonna do it betterer. Betterestist. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right. That is true. Um but yeah, That's you're gonna hear that a lot, the spear tip. Because you know me and Little Wolf's like pulling that shit. Um and they have a lot of pride in being the tip, no matter what company it is. Yeah. Um oh. the tip. Just the tip. Uh <laughs> Which is, again, going back to the um, the references of False Terra being a lot like the real Terra. Um, the False Emperor <laughs> of False Terra actually sits upon a golden throne in oh his room. God. Like, he yeah. comes in the room and it's like this giant golden throne. They're like... Yeah. Of course. Which is, which is cool. I, I liked it a lot. The... Um, similarities and whatnot no, i think it's it's a it's, it's unsubtle fun. foreshadowing yeah. but to yeah. see this in the first battle of the first book yeah just like and then if you're new to horus heresy like if this is if this is your first experience in it you're like ooh, interesting i've never like that's a really interesting thing but if you're like in the warhammer lore you're just like oh that's interesting yeah because i didn't realize this the first time i read through it yeah um even knowing you know 40k lore uh but re-listening to it, I was like, oh my fucking god. Like, they're not clever or, you know, sneaky about it at all. Like, legit, the false emperor is sitting on a false throne that's made of gold. And it gets even worse. Uh, because the false emperor has a robed old helper by his throne. Oh my god. Like, what he a- has a Malkador as yeah, well. <laughs> Malkador. Which is just crazy. It's just old guys talking to him and stuff. Um, and they also call themselves the Imperium of Man. And, um, As they should, right? Yeah. The old guy is trying to uh, 
sell it that he is the emperor though like Loken gets in there and he's like oh like you know surrender and all this kind of stuff and he's thinking that like maybe this old guy is the false emperor and whatnot and um yeah he just kind of like throwing these uh mental gymnastics at uh Loken he's like why can't you just leave us alone and like so what we're different like why do you have to you know invade us and change us us? And that kind of like hits and impacts Loken a lot too, because um, Loken is like the space brain who uh, can think things through like rationally. Yeah, like maybe we could leave him to be. Why mm. are we invading everybody? And he's having like a little sure. bit of a not uh, maybe you could say doubt. Um, a space marine that isn't like super brainwashed. Like, well, maybe the not saying the emperor's wrong because that would be you know. But maybe the emperor, like you know, there there's a little there's a gray area there. Yeah, but he's just like and maybe Loki you're right. Like you guys weren't doing shit. We came in here regardless that you killed two of our equerries. You could have been like you know a little cooler. Could have been like no thanks. <laughs> uh, <laughs> not just murder, hobo, anything we send down. Yeah, but um, he had some points, and the rope character goes on, and which is just giving you know Dan more uh, ammo to describe what the emperor is about and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um. But before the rope guy could get too far into his stuff, uh, Abaddon's Reavers are introduced. And the Reavers are like, um, which I guess we should backtrack. Like, Abaddon messages Loken earlier, and he's like, oh, like, race you to the top kind of thing. And Abaddon doesn't lose. He's a big boy, and he does big boy things. Um, And he's also A little bit of a tryhard. Yeah, a little bit. (laughs) He is a tryhard, yeah. But um, Loken beat him. Loken beat Abaddon, regardless of where they landed on False Terra, but he overcame all the shit. Gets there first, and then the Reavers come in on their uh, jetpacks and mm-hmm. like, breaking through windows and shit. Super edgy. And they're like, oh, we got this kind of thing. Um, what's going on here? And they kind of describe some more shit. Loken tells the situation a little bit. And then uh, Loken deduces that the robe figure is not the Emperor. But the Emperor is actually invisible. The False Emperor. Yeah, he sees a little oh, shimmer. I was going to say, like, no shit. Yeah, he sees, like, a little shimmer. Because, um, you know, they have invisible technology. Uh-huh. So he sees, like, a little fucking, like, disturbance uh, on the throne. And he's like, wait a minute, something ain't right. Um, and he kind of calls him out. Uh, which ends up with the False Emperor activating his throne, which blasts most... They're, like, on a tower. Because, mm-hmm. you know, of course... The Emperor sits upon his tower. Yeah. Um, and it just, like, sends a shockwave out. And, like, the Reavers are cool because they have jetpacks or whatever. They get blasted out the windows and whatnot. Um, and it just keep on blasting with power or whatnot. <laughs> uh, which, you know, you're looking for, like, a somebody to save you because Loken's getting, like, almost sent off the edge and shit. Yeah, getting pushed off Old the Fall, edge. Well, Falsy's just kind of shaking there, like, or shaking on his chair like Professor X, just sending out yeah. pulses. Do they describe this power as, like, uh, psychic in origin, or is it, like... Uh, it's emanating from the chair, 100%. So, so it's, it's like, like a, it seems like, like techie. Technology. Yeah. Okay. I mean... So far, there's not too much psychic or any, you know, sorcery right, or anything right. that the False Terror is having so far. Um, but, you know... They're sitting there getting blasted. All of a sudden, Horus pops up because, you know, Horus if you guy. have the money, you can teleport anywhere. And uh, <laughs> he teleports like a badass. Um, his, like, <laughs> the Emperor's trying to, or the False Emperor's sending out all of his uh, shockwaves and stuff. And the Emperor, our horse, are just like kind of, you know, 
edgelord standing in the wind. It's blowing his hair back and shit. Just, you know, not even being affected. Uh, puts a single shot through the guy's chest. Nice. And, like, you know, a single shot is essentially sending, like, a javelin through the dude. Um, toasts him. Um, <laughs> it's and, a uh, single bolter shot, right? I believe so. I can't really remember if the... I mean, imagine it'd be a bolt gun. Um, plasma rifle or plasma gun would be a little overkill. Yeah. Um, <laughs> just melt yeah. everything. But uh, puts a single shot through his chest. It describes that a burnt corpse is all that is left on a throne. Oh, mm. it could be plasma. Well, I think it's supposed oh, to foreshadow did. the... Yeah, the, and the, the chairs, the emperor, electronics yeah. and stuff yeah, 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 are yeah, yeah. toasted. But, Definitely. like, you know, the corpse on the throne foreshadow. What happens if you take out the fir- the middle two words there? Hmm. Hmm. Um, but yeah, and uh, of course, being the cool guy that Horace is, he's like, he says, "So will I deal with all tyrants and deceivers." Oh my god! Yeah, what so a fucking a little foreshadowing just, too, like any so false kings. This top. is how he takes care of it. It's just like it's so like Shakespearean <laughs> bullshit. Oh, <laughs> uh, it's it it's good stuff. Uh, but yeah, pretty fucking cool, man. Like, granted, you know, you expect something to come save, and it just shows that like Horace could have been a lot more help if he would have teleported in a little bit sooner. Yeah, I <laughs> mean, know? that's kind of the shtick of all Primarchs, right? Yeah, like, definitely. They he, show up for the glory. Mm-hmm. Which kind of also tangents like how space marines treat normal people. Like let them do a lot of hard fighting and then show up at the wind a moment to win. Right. Yeah. They yeah. do all the dying. But um, yeah, that will be uh, part one of the Horus Rising. Uh, tune in for part two where we see what happens uh, after the false emperor is killed. Right on. Nice. Yeah. Catch you all later. <laughs> Bye-bye. Bye-bye.